the giant thinkers giant thinkers podcast hey guys welcome to the show I'm Ram Castillo, and in this podcast, I'm bringing to you top experts from various industries worldwide to learn from their success and to help us become better designers, creatives, and giant thinkers. Hello to all you wonderful listeners. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Ram Castillo, and welcome to episode number 15 here on the Giant Thinkers podcast. I'm super pumped to ring in the first session of the new year with a very special guest. She is an executive business consultant and life strategist who thrives on helping highly successful entrepreneurs tap into their greatness and build massive empires. I see her as almost having like a superpower for legacy building. What drew me to her is her ability to help others discover what their gift is, showing them how to use it to do good in the world and empowering them to take giant leaps toward their dreams. During this whirlwind episode, we covered topics including her career from working at Pixar to editing videos for clients, including the president of the US, cultivating your gifts and using them to serve others, having a clear primary intention and strategic position as a designer, and discovering our own unique reasons for being on the planet. Now, before we jump into all that, I'm going to let you in on a product that I've recently been using and loving big time. If you're one of the over 400,000 people already using it, then you should know that I admire you and am quite jealous because of the knowledge you've gained in such a small amount of time. It's called Blinkist. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S. Blinkist. Now, what is it? Well, they've taken over 1,000 best-selling nonfiction books and transformed them into powerful summaries that you can read in 15 minutes. And if you're like me, you're a mover and a shaker, you're always on the run, you have your smartphone device everywhere you go, Uh, you'd love to read more books because truth be told, there are so many that can help us, but they're just isn't enough time or there's so little time to do that. Blinkist solves this problem because it packages the world's best books on personal development, business, marketing, psychology, uh, money, health, fitness, relationships, time management, you name it, all of these and more. It packages these books and you can read the insights over your lunch break or waiting for a friend or you can even absorb the knowledge via audio, uh, which is perfect for when you're going for a run or when you're on public transport. Really, I can't recommend it enough. You can learn wherever you go. And for the Giant Thinkers podcast listeners, you all get a ridiculous 30% off discount on their paid subscription options, which normally start at under $50 per year, which is their normal price and quite generous, uh, if you ask me. Um, But with the discount, it goes down to $34.99 per year. So if you head to giantthinkers.com slash blink, that's giantthinkers.com slash blink, and it'll take you straight there. No code required. The 30% off is already applied. So uh, head over there. Blinkist has also been featured by Time, BuzzFeed, The Guardian, Forbes, Lifehacker, and many more media platforms. They also do a free three-day trial. So if you don't you know, want to um, commit right away uh, with that 30% discount, you can get unlimited access to their library, no strings attached, for three days on their trial. Uh, there is a CTA button of that trial on that page that I gave you. Uh, This honestly has changed the game for me and I'd like you all to check it out for yourself, even for the trial. It's a beautiful user experience as well. So enjoy that. And once again, it's giantthinkers.com slash blink. Now, without further ado, this episode is seriously jam-packed with gems. So let's get stuck right in. I present to you the very wise and captivating Monika 
Zans. Monika Zans, welcome to the Giant Thinkers podcast. I'm so incredibly excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Ram. So you're awesome. And I'm really grateful to be here. And I can't believe that out of a simple web site or web platform periscope, we have created a friendship and I'm really excited to be here today. Thank you. I know. And for those listening to this, uh, a little background. So I discovered Monica on Periscope, uh, the wonderful Periscope. And it was when I was on, I believe, Shailene Johnson's scope. And Monica was just interacting um, not like a robot, you know, she was saying stuff that was real. It, I connected with her, um, through what she was saying. I followed her on there. And next thing you know, I'm loving every single, um, scope that you're doing. Um, and you know, from day one, the thing that drew me to Monica, like a magnet is her unique ability to help people discover what their gift is showing them how to use it to do good in the world and empowering them to take massive leaps towards their legacy. So thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure. You know, I, I have my own podcast and I'm used to being the one that, you know, gets people at ease and gets people comfortable. Like, don't worry, this is just a conversation. We're going to have a great time. That's so <laughs> I feel like we already have that rapport. So it's awesome. Unreal. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So um, look, the audience is in for a treat, I'm sure. Um, let's get stuck into it. A little icebreaker question, which I give all my guests. Um, your one is a would you, uh, which would you rather question? Um, would you rather be invisible or be able to read minds? Okay, so invisible read minds. So a little secret about me is I actually already can read minds. <laughs> I love it. That's one of my secret superhero powers. So I probably would like to be invisible because I can already do the second one. That's awesome. I'm sure um, that uh, reading minds uh, ability will unfold throughout this uh, this conversation. So can you tell us a little about your childhood and briefly, you know, how you grew up? Yeah. So my mother and father, father's from Frankfurt, Germany, mother, Swiss, and Russian, but born in San Francisco and raised in San Francisco. You would think she's a California girl, but she's got some European in her. So I'm a bit of a mutt. And my first language is actually German. Strict disciplinarian father. And he basically told me at a young age that there are four jobs that you can have. You can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be an MBA, or you can be a pilot. And other anything else other than that, you've failed. So... I, needless to say, went straight into the medical field. I thought, well, this is the direction I'm going to go. From the age of four, my grandmother had cataracts and she needed hearing aids. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to fix my grandma. I was like, I'm here and she's got some problems, so I'm going to fix them. And so at the age of four, I talked about the laser that I would invent that someone else got their patent on, but it was called LASIK. And then I talked about the the laser that I would also create that would help her with her ears. And so since then, those things have been created. So I don't know if I was the foreshadowing of it, reading someone's mind off into the future. But the bottom line was that I was raised by a certain level of standard. And so early in my life, I really had a big misinterpretation of what that meant. There was a big push towards you can only count on yourself, you can't count on others. And I didn't interpret it until many, many years later, almost 10 years ago now. But, you know, when I was a little girl, I misinterpreted it massively, which was that you have to do it alone. And so alone I went thinking if I'm the best runner and I have the best grades and I'm better than everybody and I'm always right and I had all the information, then I would survive and I would succeed. And you can imagine in a world where you're not alone that being the best at everything and being right about everything is going to possibly create a lot of isolation. So for many years of my life, I actually did a very successful job at creating some isolation. I was happy-go-lucky and loving, but definitely had the vision and desire to always be the best because that was the way I thought I would get my father's love. Mm -hmm. And needless to say, then that misinterpretation led me to, wow, how do I be with people who haven't been able to express who they truly are, what their authentic gifts are, and what they're here to do on the planet. And so because I was, for some time in my life, felt very caged, now, as an adult, I spend much of my life helping people see the freedom and the gifts that they are. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, I'm sure the audience um, who are predominantly creative people can totally resonate with that, 
you know, the whole security versus, um, you know, what calls to them, what they're truly passionate about. Um, so that's a kind of uh, nice segue into the next question, which is um, where would you say your expertise lies? So as I mentioned, my super secret power is about reading people's minds. And what I know is I have uh, I have a very strong BS meter. I can really tell when people are not authentically expressing themselves. And how it serves me is that I'm able to help get into people's world. So rather than trying to coach them or help them come into the world or my world, I really enter the world that they're in and have so much compassion and love. And um, I honor their process a lot. And by doing that, it allows me to work with people. So I get to use my intuition. But the anomaly that I am is a lot of times when people have that skill, the feminine nurturing, nourishing skill, they're not equally as versed in the analytical and quantitative and logical, rational left brained. But I, because my father taught me like you have to depend on yourself and more of that directional masculine energy, I have cultivated the balance of the two. So I can bring someone in and execute on massive results and massive dreams with actionable items and steps. And, you know, in a creative field, sometimes you can get lost inside of your vision and your pictures and the world around you. But at the end of the day, if you don't deliver on a deadline and you can't be accountable and you can't stick to what it is that the request is, even if you have the best idea ever, whoever's paying you is right at the end of the day. And so I was I had my own production company and was a video editor. And I knew that if I'm not delivering what they said, they said they think they wanted while also having a second entire video cut that was actually what I thought they wanted, then I would for sure not get their buy-in. But when I showed them what they wanted and they hated it, and then I said, well, you know, I actually spent a little bit of time putting together what I thought you meant. Why don't you take a look at this? And 90% of the time they're like, oh yeah, that's much more on track of what I meant. Then it actually served both them being met where they were at and me being able to express my creativity. Mm, yeah, no, I, I'm, I totally re relate with that. It's the whole, uh, you know, present your, uh, you present what the client wants and then present also, you know, what you think is um, the the potentially better option. Um, so you all, you mentioned that you've got this nurturing sort of um, quality to you. Um, so for the listeners, you are um, a mother, you're a family, um, you're very much a family person. Um, so can you give us a bit of context as to um, well, I didn't look, I didn't even know you did video editing and that you had a production company. So, um, you mentioned how you sort of grew up. And so in between there and now, um, being able to have this high level of intuition and, you know, really dissecting, um, you know, the BS from the truth, um, in what people really need to kind of, um, sort of outwardly do, uh, what, um, other things that you kind of did to get there? Like, how did you get started in, in getting to this place now? So I am one of those people that every time you meet me, you learn something new about me. <laughs> I've had, I would call it multiple lifetimes in one lifetime. So anywhere from highs and lows because of trying to be what my father said he wanted me to be to going on in my life, trying to appeal and approve get approval from those around me, to then trying to find my own way and moving off to Europe. I went to UCLA and I met my husband on the sailing team. And I started my um, journey to what I'm really gifted at and what I'm really at. I had a 20-year career in corporate America. I started working with John Lasseter at Pixar and then I went wow. to work at ILM on the first ever CG movie alongside all of the people that were working on the Star Wars prequel. And then I left that and I moved to Los Angeles and I worked in space technology and military defense. And I made videos for the Department of Defense and the President of the United States. And then I... My, my pride and joy during that time was when you're an editor and you spend... 10 hours to 15 hours a day in a dark editing bay, you have a very hobbit-like life. And I'm ebullient and excited. And my fascination is with the way people work and the, the discrepancy between divinity and humanity or the gift between divinity and the bridge with humanity. And so what was my fascination was interviewing people 
who had a title called I'm an engineer or I'm a project manager or I'm a CEO or I'm a founder and finding out who the person and the experience was underneath the label. And I, you know, I would stop people in their tracks because they were used to a certain kind of interview and I wouldn't let them go there. I wouldn't let them answer in the comfortable way that they knew the stockpiled answers. I would ask them, well, what did that cost you? And how did that land for you? And why did you make that choice? And why did you go against the grain or why didn't you? And why did you follow the status quo that wouldn't have gotten you the most money, but maybe got you the most loyalty? And and I would ask them things. And literally, like as the questions came, their eyes would get bigger and bigger, like this is the real deal. Like this person actually is wondering who I am and and how my life is unfolding and guiding people. And so Mm. I got a lot of compliments, but I also got really clear. I don't think I'm doing what I'm here to do. I don't think being being behind the dark screens wasn't where I was meant to be. It was being in front with people, helping them shine and be that thing that I was uncovering. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know you worked for Pixar and you did all that stuff. And oh my gosh, that... um, that was a bonus treat right there that you revealed to me and the listeners. Um, so, all right. So that's really cool. And I think it's important to, for me to ask that very question and you answered it, um, with absolute transparency. So, so thank you for that. Um, because I don't want people to think that, oh, you're, you know, label you as, um, a life coach or something like that only, you know, there are so many, things that you you bring to the table. Um, so the next question I have for you is um, quite a practical um, geared question. How do you think designers and creative people should market themselves? Is there a strategy that you recommend? Yes. So I feel like, and you know, I, I take this from my own experience as a creative person, I always wanted something to become a cross. So I wanted an emotional stimulus always. At the end of every video I ever edited, no matter how technical it was, I wanted someone to walk away with not just what they were seeing on the screen, but what it meant to them and why it mattered. So I feel like one of the things that people need to know is everything you do in life is marketing yourself. The way you dress, the way you talk, the way you listen, the way you smile or don't, the way that you respond to things or don't, all of it is marketing who you are, how people can relate to you, the gifts that you have to bring them, and whether or not someone can easily access what your information is, or it's going to take them something. And none of them are good or bad, but knowing that about oneself can really help them be effective at creating authentic rapport and rolling people in the vision, so on. So there's someone that I've followed for years, and his name is Grant Cardone. And he presents himself as the preeminent salesman of all time. He wants to be known as the end all be all. I can sell anything to whomever, whenever, whatever, at whatever need or cost. And so one of the chapters in his book, the 10X rule talks about omnipresence, that in order for people to be able to know you, you need to have the ideology called having omnipresence. And so I created a training where I created the omnipresent strategy. And it's your way of being able to define and measure who you are, what you are, what you believe in, why you do it, who you do it for, how you do it, and then across what platforms are you letting people know? And I find, you know, if I'm hiring a designer, for example, and I hire them a lot because I have a lot of different kinds of projects that I'm working on. So if I'm looking for someone, you better know what you're claiming you're going to be able to do for me. So when I go and look for an editor, I have an editor's lens or a director's lens. So if your editing doesn't communicate a message and emotionally do something for me, even if it's getting me to laugh or getting me to get angry or getting me to respond in some way, then I'm not going to hire you because you're not going to accomplish what it is that my primary intention is. Yeah, that's perfect. No, that's good. I think, um, you know, we need to hear that um, more often. Um, And those are the things that I've also learned on my journey, you know, um, when you are representing yourself, your brand. Um, And the very first episode of this entire podcast was Chris McLean, who at the time was the executive creative director of Interbrand, one of the, you know, the most um, uh, awarded and and most um, respected branding studios in in the world. Yeah. And so he talks about this very thing. um, and, And I love that you brought it up. And it's really, you know, how people are conversing with you on multiple touch points, what emotions are you um, triggering 
intentionally. Um, and yeah, thinking about how you're representing yourself, you know, not just um, face to face, but online, you know, and I think um, the consistency needs to be important. Um, consistency will breed the authenticity and, and you know, the best brands in the world are always reminding us and keeping top of mind, drilling in their single-minded proposition, their, the benefits over and over again. Um, and I think we've got to treat ourselves as entities as well. So that's really cool. Um, so I wrote a post a little while ago titled Opportunity Knocks When Opportunity is Welcome. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts on opportunity just in general, you know, um, but also especially when it comes to marketing ourselves. Um, and, and I ask this in context, uh, for those in circumstances where it seems there's no evidence of potential or progress, you know, maybe people in tough situations or circumstances. So what I'm hearing you ask is that there's two different lenses that we're looking at. So one is the lens of recognizing when opportunity is knocking and the other one is welcome, recognizing when we're being welcome to do something about it. Yeah. Because absolutely. a lot of times absolutely. people get the knock and don't answer the door that someone's knocking on. And it's because mm. of their confidence or it's because of their reasons or it's because their, their justification or their judgment of themselves stops them in their tracks. So first of all, like I mentioned before, everything is an opportunity to market yourself and everything that you're looking through the lensing floor is if if it, if I had it my way, it would be how am I serving the way that I was put on the planet to serve? So that doesn't mean how do I serve someone else's request always. Sometimes it means being really discerning what you're going to take on, whose work you're going to say yes to, because you do want to have a strategic position. You do want people to recognize what are you standing for inside of the work that you do for others. Even though you may be representing my brand, I want to know that you care about people. I don't want you to represent my brand. And in the background, you're the company that says, you know, F it to everything because I don't really care. And mm. I, I'm against everything. Like I want to be in alignment with your true core value. So I feel like it's it's that multiple lenses that that's important for people to really consider. Who are you? Is the work that's coming to you the work that you want to take? so that you're going to do the best job possible and you're going to be inspired and motivated to produce that kind of work? And are you clear enough about what you're marketing so that you can deliver on not only the values that are being asked of you, but also your own stand and values? Yeah. And it, and what you've just touched on there really resonates with me because what you're effectively saying is um, living a purposeful life. And when you have those core values uh, in place and you've actually sort of written them down or whatever you want to cultivate them and make them as clear as possible, all actions and everything that you see comes from that. You know, it's the whole like attracts like. So, you know, you, if, if I said to, so I tell people, you know, don't look at, don't, don't think about red, you know, don't think about red, don't think about red, don't think about red. The fact that you're thinking about red, right, exactly. You've got, uh, you're holding up a red mug. Um, you know, the fact that you're, you're thinking about red, you're going to see red. And it's the same thing when, when we're looking for, um, you know, a car, we're looking for a particular car. We see that car everywhere, you know, we, we look out for it. Um, and that's the same with exactly, you know, what you were saying about opportunity and, and honing in on those values. So that's really cool. Um, so what about those that say like, um, oh, Monica, there are, you know, I don't have enough time or money or knowledge, you know, I'm in a tough situation right now. Um, I've got my own answer for this, but I'd love to know what you say about that. <laughs> well, my primary position on life, and I think this comes from feeling like I had a lot of those excuses and I had a lot of those complaints and I had a lot of that position growing up because I thought I lived against someone else's desires for me as opposed to in favor of. And so what I've learned in my journeys and in my studies is everything in life is an opportunity for growth and learning, everything. So no matter how hard it is, no matter how confronting it is, no matter how challenging it seems, no matter how against you it seems, it's coming to you because your sole curriculum, the purpose for being here is calling for it to guide you in a way to use or cultivate skills that you have or are gaining so that you can be the gift that you are and so that you can use it. 
And I think that all too often, number one, we're not really taught that. I don't know where hmm. I learned that or how I really got to know that, except for a lot of failure and through the failure and getting up and dusting off the dust and saying, okay, when the cloud clears, what do I see and what am I willing to go after still? But a lot of people aren't trained that. You're not taught that in school. You know, it's you're kind of taught be good no matter what, even if circumstances suck. And circumstances aren't always going to go your way. So being good through all of it isn't always going to be necessarily the first choice. But knowing that it's serving you, knowing that everything that's coming to you is intended to serve you can really help reframe the patterning, the neurological pathways that are in you to help you say, okay, if this is coming for my upliftment, if this is coming for my growth, what am I see? What am I meant to grow? What am I meant to see? How am I meant to use this? And when you ask that question, you have a solution orientation to life rather than a problem orientation to life. And that in itself tends to open up doors. Oh, man, I was loving that. Everything that is coming to you is there to serve you. Um, that's oh, so good. Um, <laughs> I think that's really powerful because it's, you've, you've articulated it in a way that people can understand. Um, and uh, yeah, I totally agree with, with all of that. Um, so let's shift this to um, more about the mindset um, because we're going in that kind of direction. So, um, you know, mindset for me has been what I've discovered as the common denominator for successful people. And I mean, all types of successful people, whatever that looks like to, to you, but um, from the financially wealthy to um, the greatness of athletes, to parents raising a family with love and values. Um, where do you feel we should start when it comes to anchoring our mind to a healthy and powerful place? Well, for me, Ram, this is this is like the key to my happiness and the key to my joy and the key to my ability to be the mother and the wife and not just the mother. I have three kids, 12, 10 and three. So a handful. But I also mm -hmm. am mother to many, many, many of my clients. I end up becoming that role for them that nurtures and nourishes them while like gently or more um, intensely directing them in ways to really help them see what they're capable of and reminding them if they didn't get that guidance or direction or reassurance that no matter what they have it in them and can do it. And so uh, what I find is that th there's this really great um, website, it's called the science of happiness. And they had this study where they had people come on and they had them do an exercise where they wrote down, they thought about the person that most impacted their life. They wrote down all of the qualities that most impacted them. And then for a select few of them, they had them call the people to whom they wrote that letter and read it aloud. And some of the people weren't able to reach the people that were in their letter. So they read it aloud, but it wasn't the same experience. So the people that read it to no one, but read it aloud, saw a two to 4% shift in happiness. And the people that read it to someone else experienced a four to 19% shift in their happiness meter. And wow. so that to me tells you a lot about expression of gratitude. When you are having a service orientation to life that you recognize you're not here for your gain, that your gain is what you learn so you can give it away to others, then you're fulfilling what you're here to do. And I'll tell you a funny story Le yesterday. So I... My life happens in waves. So I'll have, you know, three months, six months, one year of a certain study, a certain practice, a certain orientation to my life where I'm in a place of mad production or I'm in a place of introspection or I'm in a year of surrender or I'm in a year of creating the receiving and giving muscle, whatever it is, there's kind of a, like a theme to parts of my year. And I didn't know how unconsciously I've been working on something until yesterday where I had literally a life altering moment where somehow I broke through. If you've ever read the book, A Big Leap by uh, Gay and Catherine Hendricks, you have this upper limit and you bump up against it and it gets sticky and it gets hard and it gets like you feel like you're enslaved or in jail. And then all of a sudden, one moment to the next, you've broken through the upper limit and all of life becomes wonderful again. Like you're full of wonder looking at it from curiosity. So this happened to me yesterday and it happened 
through the progression of the day. It didn't just like all of a sudden in a conversation, it happened. I had a podcast yesterday morning and inside of that conversation, I got a surge of like bridging with the woman that I was talking to. And we were talking about spirituality and her heart was open and my heart was open. It was like all this joy flooded in and we were in the essence of soul sharing as opposed to in a conversation. And I could feel it inside of me. And so I got off the podcast and I started doing what my husband has labeled a ninja love bomb, which is you reach out to everybody that you love and you just start bombing them with love. And it's like, you're amazing. And I would give people quotes and I would tell them what I saw them as and who they are for me and the gift they are to the planet. And I did it to like 30 or 40 people. And I'm not kidding you. I had from the range of thanks so much, a smiley face, the emoticons, the funny things on Facebook, the little jumpy people or the minions or whatever, to I'm in tears, to you made my day, you made my life, you've created me again. I remember that I forgot that. Like in this moment of giving, because I knew that, that I was connected into something bigger, I got so much from what I gave and it boosted my hat. Like I'm floating. And I'm fuzzy. I don't know if you ever get that feeling when you're really tapped into your intuition where oh, you're I'm, I'm totally feels- all those things right now as you're explaining it. It's it's beautiful. I'm totally, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. So that's 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 how I feel today. It's how I feel yesterday. And my husband said to me last night, You're back. This you mm. has been kind of dormant or finding itself for like two years. You're back. So you know, I know that I evolved at a higher level of consciousness, but but the openness to receiving and to pouring into people, I, I like innumerable amounts of love pouring. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, so good. Look, I'm stumbling over my words. Um, so <laughs> two things I want to say just um, out of what you've said. Um, waves, love it. Important. Um, important to acknowledge that, that, you know, you have to accept that you, you know, I've accepted this anyway, you know, you can't experience a higher level of happiness if you haven't experienced the other end of, of the spectrum, basically, you know, it's that whole threshold thing, right? How can you experience something greater if you haven't been tested on the other end? So I, I love how you said that because oftentimes, you know, what we might see as, um, someone being successful and we compare our lives to them, we're actually seeing their hype reel. And when we see their hype reel, we start getting all down and, you know, like, you know, grab the tissues out, like feeling sorry for ourselves. And look, it happens, but we also have to remember that, look, let's look forward to that moment when we are going to connect with that immense amount of happiness again. Um, now the second thing I wanted to, um, comment on it was, um, this whole thing about giving and, um, you know, it really just pierced my heart when you said all of that stuff, because I, when I did my tour, 22 cities in three months, I was at the airport at San Francisco. You know, I had already engaged with over 10,000 people. I'd never done anything like that before. And I was, I remember being by myself at the airport and I was pinching myself going, did that just happen? And I was like floating. And then I really, I bought a notepad and, and, and I've thought, what can I write to kind of imprint this moment that I'm feeling? And what I wrote was, um, that the reason why this feeling of happiness, this undescribable happiness has happened is because I lived with generosity and I followed with care and that for me has now become, you know, the reminder, the the tagline, the the promise that I have to make to myself that whenever I'm in a tough situation, I think just give like, honestly, this is, this is, um, not something to complain about, um, you know, from the podcast to writing the, the blog posts to scoping as much as I can, at least once a day to all of that stuff. Um, and it's to give ultimately, you know, whether it's time, energy, money, well, it's actually all those things, but, um, it all comes back to you. And then the other quick story I wanted to share was I kind of did a little bit of your, um, ninja bombing, uh, ninja love bomb. <laughs> um, cause I, um, the other day was just feeling like, you know, I really want to connect and do something with my mailing list. And it's not a huge mailing list to be honest. Um, uh, you know, it's around the 1000 mark. Um, 
but they're all very organic. You know, people are really responsive, the open rates high and all that stuff, click through rate. It's all good. So I wanted to sort of just find out who was on the other end of that. So what I asked, which I've never done before, and I've never received this myself from any mailing list was I said, um, for the first five or 10 that email me back in the next hour, I will call you personally and we'll have a, you know, five to 10 minute conversation. Um, so obviously more than five people called, I called as many people as I could in like two and a half hours to three hours. And many of them were Skype calls. There was, um, you know, I was really touched by one woman who is a single mom, uh, not single mom, uh, and just become a mom. She's, um, just tapped into the industry after, you know, studying four years. Um, and she, was kind of teary. She couldn't believe it, you know, and she was just like, you know, you've helped me so much. Um, I was connecting with people from all over the world. Um, and yeah, they just, their sort of gratitude was just a reminder of why I do this. Um, you know, and, and the vehicle with which it allows them to live their dream and, and, you know, to help them with getting a job is actually more than that sort of tangible thing. Um, so yeah, loved all of that, that you said. So that's really cool. Thank you so much. Um, and what I, what I love about, if we think about it, when, if you've ever been in an emergency situation, so, you know, you witness the car crash or you're right there when someone falls or you, you witness something like I was in a gas station once upon a time and I was in the line. I was the last person in line. There were three people in front of me and I'll never forget it because all of a sudden this car pulls up and I literally thought she was going to drive through the window of the little mini Mart that's attached to the gas station. She runs in choking. And she's like pointing to her throat, choking. And she comes in, I grab her. And in a second, I didn't even think, I mean, I was an EMT for a little while. I just <laughs> didn't even think. And I grabbed her and I gave her the Heimlich and out came this huge piece of her sandwich. And she's like, oh, thank you. Oh my God. She's like, I thought I was going to die on the road. And it was like, you know, she started crying and she's hugging me. And I didn't think, who's this crazy woman coming in front of me, what she doing pointed herself. I didn't even think I just responded to what I saw. I'm alert. I was ready. I pulled on her stomach three times and poo, it's like <laughs> flew across the room. Now for some people, they wouldn't have known what to do, but God put her on that day at that gas station with me at the back of the line to be ready to help her in that moment. And those things are not like by chance. Those are absolutely destined opportunities where like angels intervene and there you go. That's my belief system. And so it's the same thing. Like giving to people provides us with value. We know in that moment in our humanity, we belonged on the planet. Even if it was just that one time in my life, I knew in that moment I belonged on the planet. Now, Fortunately, as a mommy, I've gotten to witness the birth of my children. So now I know multiple times over, I belong on the planet. Plus, it's my whole story and my whole platform. And, you know, what I tell people, like, you may have a conversation called I'm not worthy. But when you were born, I don't think God would have wasted his time on someone that wasn't worthy. So you can let go of that conversation right now. And what do you want to replace it with? Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a bit about legacy then, because um, that's kind of... Um, you know, I think some, it's, it's a term that is a very beautiful term because it implies purpose. Um, but to get there, actually some people, you know, I had a girl, um, very lovely girl. She came to one of my talks, uh, at Apple, um, was my last event. And, um, she said, how do I find out, um, more about, you know, my calling? you know, what, um, what my purpose is. Um, and I, I can't remember specifically what I advised her, uh, but I do remember one big thing I said to her was you need to travel like in a practical sense, you need to just get out there and experience, you know, like she's in her twenties and, you know, it's important to experience something new. Otherwise you can't really cultivate a new perspective, but yeah, what's your kind of practical tips on, on those listeners, especially, you know, they might be just leaving school or college. How do they sort of tap into their legacy, you know, in a practical sense? So I have a, one of my products that I do, it's called, what's your billboard. Hmm. 
And the goal of that product is for people to walk through. And, you know, I made it into a five-step little process, but really the goal of it is each of us has something that we are uniquely here to do, some way to uniquely express how we are, what we what we love about what we do or what people most compliment us for that sometimes we totally take for granted because it's just natural for us. So we don't consider it something special. Mm. And so our legacy usually lives inside of what comes so naturally to us that it's inherent to us. Like we don't think about it. We don't wonder about it. We don't have to try really hard to do it. It's just, we wake up and we're ready to go do that thing. Mm. And For some of us, it's much more at the tip of our fingers, like we actually are tangibly aware of it and we practice it. And when people compliment us for it, we're like, yeah, you don't need to compliment me because it's just who I am. Like for me, reading people's minds, it's not like I cultivated that skill. I woke up one day, I could do this thing. I heard things that I didn't know other people couldn't hear. And my whole life I spent covering it up only to uncover it again. So the first thing that I tell people is, Listen to what people tell you and watch the things you love most about others, because those two things will massively indicate for you the areas of your expertise, the areas of your interest or the areas of your make a difference. And your legacy lives somewhere inside of the way you love to be made a difference for or you love to make the difference. A book that I might recommend for this is, believe it or not, The Five Love Languages. And so the five languages are words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, um, giving and receiving gifts, and um, I don't know what the last one is. That's It'll right. come. We can, we can Google that. Yep. And so those languages of love help people understand how they most are wanting to be received and how they may or may not receive others. And so as you're also looking for your legacy, part of what you want to understand is how does the world receive you in a way that has you feel received and loved? And how doesn't the world? And if the world doesn't receive some of the things you have to give it, and you keep bumping your head up against the wall trying to have the world receive it, then part of your journey to uncovering how the world can receive that will produce your legacy. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of self-inquiry and a lot of reflection and a lot of observational skills. And so I I call that having altitude, getting above the 30,000 foot mark and looking down upon you and your life and your engagements and interactions with others and seeing it for not just the experience you have looking out of your own eyes, but above you watching yourself experience it. Hmm. Yeah. And that, that stuff takes time, doesn't it? You know, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. No, it's well, the knowing of it can happen in a moment, Hmm. the cultivating of it and the practicing of it and the expressing it out into the planet can take a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Great way to, great way to put it. Um, so I'd love to chat about a topic that we're both passionate about, and it's on asking. You know, asking, as we know, is a doing word, and sometimes we can forget that, both asking the universe or whatever higher existence you believe in and asking specifically people directly. Um, And oftentimes we can self-sabotage ourselves by not asking at all, and then we never get it. (laughs) What are your your thoughts on, on, you know, asking, like how... How do we kind of get over that that road bump? Yeah, so I I love this question, Ram. It's like one of my favorite things. I actually talk about it in a lot of my, when I do retreats and workshops or when I'm a keynote speaker, I have a slide deck that has all these combinations of euphemisms that allow people to say, no, duh, but wow, I don't apply it in that way. And one Mm. of them is you get what you want. You just have to ask. And by the way, you're not asking. And if you think you are, you're not asking enough if you're not getting everything you want. And what I mean by that is the universe, like I said, is intended to serve you. Everything it does every day, all day long is serving and serving and serving and serving you. And what happens to us is I don't feel worthy. So I didn't see it. So I blocked it. So I don't get it. I'm not allowed. I'm not deserving. I'm not good enough yet. I haven't learned enough yet. My intellect isn't high enough yet. I don't have enough accolades. I haven't written my own book yet. All the things that stop what the universe is serving you with from coming into you. 
So if you were to start asking every single day for everything you wanted, and you started looking for how the universe is delivering it, you would find a lot more often than not that the universe is actually delivering it. But the problem is, is that sometimes we get really egotistical and think the universe should deliver it in the packaging, the timing, and the way that we want. So four years ago, I did, or four and a half years ago now, I did a year-long spiritual practice. I have a master's in spiritual psychology, and one of the things we had to do was we had to take on a year-long project of taking something off our maybe someday list, our bucket list, and putting it into actionable results in one year. And during that time, I started learning what's my spiritual practice around the accomplishment of something that I want to have happen. And so that four and a half years ago, I was committed to having my third child. And it wasn't going in the direction that I wanted, not in the timing that I wanted. We had been trying for three years and I was pissed. Like I was pissed. I had done everything that I needed to do from a physiological standpoint, from a medical standpoint. Like there was just no reason other than there was some sort of psychological or emotional or spiritual block. So I took on a practice of surrender. Now, in the normal sense of surrender, one might think, oh, you gently let go and you accept and everything's going to be great. No, surrender means of everything, good, bad, happy, sad, hard. So I learned and woke up massively that year in what surrender actually looks like when you really authentically take it on. And, you know, because I'm so good at bullshit meter around the world, I also had that with myself. So I knew when I was playing, yeah, I'm surrendering. And when I got my feet knocked out from under me because I wasn't really surrendering and the universe is like, okay, you really want to get this? I'm going to take your feet out from under you. Now let's see what you think surrender really looks like. So sometimes you have to be willing to really, truly, authentically risk it all. No holds bar, not worrying about what you need to know or figure out to get back up and trusting that the universe will equip you with exactly what you need or that you already actually have it. And what you're being taught is how to go deeper to find it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, you know, like I encourage everyone to check out Monica after this because, um, you know, she's got amazing content, great products. And, you know, as you've already heard, um, she has a lot of experience and real world, um, sort of thinking and, and, um, philosophies. Um, so look, speaking of philosophies, you always end your Periscope broadcast with see your greatness, be your greatness and pay it forward. You know, I love that. Um, can you talk us through that powerful statement and, um, and, you know, feel free to, to share each and every sort of word by word of, of what that means to you? Thank you. So first of all, I want to let you know that Number one, in general, this interaction, this conversation is beautiful and it's heartfelt and I feel seen and I feel discovered and I feel like I matter and I feel powerful. So if you are asking anybody else to ever interview you, please, everybody say yes, because Ram is awesome at making you feel extraordinary. So thank you for that. And so that's how I would lead into this question, because you. you clearly are seeing your greatness. You're seeing it in the call to action to serve. You're seeing it in the, I'm going to go travel and I don't know what is going to turn out, but I'm going to be open to the generosity and the care that follows. I'm going to allow myself to uncover what it is that may be covered from my view so that I can be the greatest gift I am. So that's the first step is having an observation and an awareness orientation. You must have that altitude. You must rise above what you know yourself to be, your limitations, your judgments of yourself to begin to see the truth, the truth of who you are, the truth of who you want to be that you haven't arrived at yet, the ways that you're too hard on yourself where you could really just lighten up and you'd never be that way with someone else, and the ways that you're loving with yourself and tender and gentle that you've never taught someone else how to be with you. So that's really about seeing your rightness. And then once you get clear about what you see in yourself, then it's up to you to get in business and live from that truth, expressing yourself authentically, even if the shit hits the fan, even if you rub something the wrong way, even if you are completely misinterpreted, even if you stand on stage and everybody is staring at you like they don't have a clue what you're saying because you're talking way over them. 
I mean, I had a, I had an experience in September and I was delivering some content and man, did I feel like the room was like, huh? Like I felt like I was talking German and they were all from America. Yeah. But I knew inside of my heart that the core of what I was delivering was love. I was telling them, you're amazing, you're unique, don't hide it, be with me, share it with me, let me celebrate it so that you see what celebrating you looks like so you can have more access to celebrating you. So that's the being of the greatness is to get into the sentient of it, the feeling, the um, clear sentience of it, the actual kinesthetics around it, the the tingles, the goosebumps, the, the knowing inside of yourself, this is what I'm here to do. And every skin on my hair on my body is standing because I'm doing it. And then the pay it forward is it's your birthright. You were not put on this planet for you to learn everything and die or for you to use it all for your benefit, to make all the money, to have all the success, to have all the fame, to have all the knowledge and then die with it then it's just information and not knowledge and not wisdom and not applicable. You were put on the planet to be the vessel that you are, to hold in the way that you can hold for as many as you can and cultivate yourself to constantly hold for more so you could give it away. Hmm. And so one of the other superpowers that I have is I actually <laughs> can see your gift. Like I, I, I'm, I'm downloaded from my channels and from my guidance people's gifts, their unique qualities on the planet, what they're here for authentically to, to express. And sometimes I can do it without even knowing someone. And sometimes it takes a little while for me to understand what their modality is. And then I can tell them what the gift is and how the modality serves the gift. But needless to say, what I also learned inside of my contemplation and conversations with what I call as God, um, the universe, spirit, whatever you, whatever, however you relate to the higher power, um, or the oneness or the source of where we all stem from, that there's this idea that each one of us was brought in here with a unique delivery mechanism of this gift. And if you, Ram, teach me your gift and I teach you my gift, then that gift becomes more readily available. And what if your and my gift is to spread more love on the planet? Hmm. Then wouldn't it be make more sense that we should bridge on web all of our gifts together so that they'll planet is blanketed in love and then it, it gets catapulted out into a universe where we don't know what is needed out there beyond the confines of what we've actually learned and seen. So now we're getting more into the esoteric part of my ruminations and my feelings and my experience, but that's really what pay it forward is about. Who are you not to shed your light? Who are you not to be your beauty? Who are you not to be that gift that you uniquely were born to share? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you, um, to find that, you know, um, it, when I first heard it, see your greatness, be your greatness and pay it forward. I could connect with all of that because it's actually a journey that I'm on right now. And we're all on that journey, um, in some way or another, um, you know, see your greatness for me was making the scary, you know, decision to not work full time, to go freelance um, and work on contracts, run my own business, start giantthinkers.com and do all these things. You know, what would people, what would people think if I wrote a book titled how to get a job as a designer guaranteed? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I could have self-sabotaged that whole thing, but, um, you know, there are, there are so many things, you know, I love how you said, um, you know, almost remembering your intention, even if, others will receive it, or maybe they're not even tuned in to what you're saying completely. Um, one thing that I, that has helped me in terms of be your greatness that has really, I'm a really practical person. And I think whoever has connected with me knows that. And, um, I try to get practical real fast. So be your greatness for me means asking yourself questions that can allow yourself to do that action. So what do I mean by that? Well, for me, this has worked. When I get lazy or tired or I know that, oh, you know, I'm going to have to write a post or release a podcast. It's going to take me two to three hours to produce. And I've gotten home at 9 p.m. at night. And then the thought of sleeping at midnight or 1 a.m., you know, is painful. What, how I get rid of that feeling? Because a lot of people say, Ram, how do you do it? Right. They're, they're like, you know, how do you find the time? Well, the thing is I make time. It, it is really as simple as that. Um, and the thought that always comes to mind are thoughts such as these questions, you know, um, 
what does unstoppable look like? Yeah. And when I think about what does unstoppable look like, it doesn't mean that I'm hanging out on the couch, you know, watching Netflix nonstop, you know, Netflix marathons or whatever. That's not what unstoppable looks like to me. And if I want to be someone that is leaving the legacy, that is seeing my greatness, as you've said, um, I need to follow through with an action. Otherwise, it's meaningless, you know, and screw perfection. It's never going to happen. You know, embrace the journey. But he access, if you have, if you're perfect, nobody has the room to do anything other than what you've already done. Yeah. Spot on. So look, I love all that. That's really cool. So I've got a, a couple questions left for you. Um, and, and this is a question. The next one is, uh, one I ask most of my guests, um, uh, all of my guests rather. So if you could travel back in time for 30 seconds and, you know, speak to junior Monica, perhaps the Monica finishing high school, what would you tell her? So this is an exercise that I actually do with a lot of my clients and I have them do it at all different age stages because this is a very powerful healing exercise. And in my master's program, we talk a lot about healing is the application of loving to the parts inside that hurt. So at many different age stages, especially if you're raised by a strict German father who says you can only have one of four job professions, you might misinterpret that and therefore feel very disheartened by a lot of things in life when you haven't succeeded in those four areas. So what I would say to her is that everything you dream of is possible for you, that your life and your destiny is in your hands, that you actually have all the resources you need all yourself, and that sometimes you're going to bump up against people who are going to remind you of the resource you have within you, but never forget that you have the resource. And so if you forget, what are the questions you need to ask yourself that will guide you back home to whatever that home, that truth, that knowing, that authentic self is? That you stand for reading through the BS because the BS will always give you access to someone's inner where they need to be loved. And then you can actually build rapport and create relationships that are long lasting and deep relationships. And that the only thing that matters and that you'll remember when you're about to die is the connections, the love that you shared, and even the love that you lost, but the relationships that you've built versus what you've done. Yeah, no, that's really beautiful. Um, so when you think of um, the terms giant thinker, um, you know, who has been an impactful giant thinker in your life? Um, that person who has inspired you to think bigger, to dig deeper, and, you know, to help you reach your full potential. So. This, um, first of all, I love your brand. I love Giant Thinker because I like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, The Iron Giant with that robot, that big robot. Oh no, with, um, with Hugh Jackman. Is that him? Yeah. I've not seen that yet. Yeah. There was something, um, beautiful about the innocence of knowing no matter how big you are, you're still tender inside. So I love that idea of the giantness of it. And the person that comes to mind always that I'd say like really shaped my belief in what I stood for inherently is John Lasseter. And he taught me, so he grew up very modestly, not a wealthy family. And he and his dad, their fascination was cars. And so the movie Cars was really his baby project and the expression and celebration of his dad and his relationship. And, you know, when you're John Lasseter's assistant, it's, um, I, I, I'm not a fame person. I'm not really starstruck. I see people as, you know, they all get naked. They all poop. They're all people. And they all have a soul that's here to teach what they're here to teach. So I look beyond the skin and beyond their titles and really look into their heart. And I had the fortune of being yeah. behind closed doors and being asked, what do I think about the things that he's doing? What do I think about the humor? What do I think about the emotion? Because I was expressive and I asked lots and lots and lots of questions. And back when I was working with him, I was only 23 and 24 and 25 years old. So it was a time in my life where everything in the world was possible. And the thing that stuck with me the most of anything is he said, nothing matters but the story. If you want to capture people's hearts, then you tell stories that evoke emotion. You share with people what it is 
that they most move you with, that they most touch you with, that they you've most learned from, that have been your most embarrassing moments, the things you've overcome, the things that remind you of people that are valuable. So that to me is the most profound impact, such a giant thinker himself and such a extension of Walt Disney and that idea of, you know, happiness on the planet. And he lives that, he breathes that, and he mentors that. So good. I'll have to check John Lasseter out. Um, I'm sure many of the listeners will as well. That's, that's really cool. Nothing matters but the, the story. Um, so what are you tackling next, uh, Monica? What's, what's the vision for you um, and the business and, and all that within the next year? So um, I work in a lot of different ways. For the past three years, I've been um, leading a program called The Next Level. And um, I am releasing the first version of the e-course of the next level. And it's a business mastery, leadership development, and positive mindset program. And that program, um, I'm really excited about it. It's very comprehensive. It's got lots of different layers and a lot of the lessons that I talk about in here, but wrapped also inside of business. Like, how do you relate this? Because, you know, creative people love to be into the creative experience and the creative aspect of it. But at the end of the day, execution, business knowledge, marketing, sales, strategy, strategic thinking, and ways to specifically measure against a target are very important parts of anybody arriving at their dream come true. So as an interim, next Thursday, I am launching a class called Altitude. And it's a six-week also business strategy, mindset, and leadership program. And basically, it's really helping bridge a couple of things. So it's the awakening of your intuition in business, because people sometimes separate those things, like business is for this, and intuition and spirituality is over here. And we know that, but we're humans doing the business, and our humanity and our soul are dancing while we're doing it. We're learning about ourselves. We have interpersonal relationships. We have deliveries that cause people upset or happiness, depending on whether we over-delivered and under-promised or, you know, vice versa. So mm. the key and the crux of this program is built upon rapport and enrollment. How do you create massive rapport and create enrollment in everything you do? And then creating unprecedented results and understanding the omnipresent strategy and with relentless belief. So it's really a program wrapped around the fundamental experience of building your relationships to make the impact that you're uniquely designed to make. Yeah, perfect. And is that um, going to be available? Are you launching that and then it will be available here on out or it, will it only be available for a short period of time? No, it will be available. So it's a six-week program and cool. it starts next Thursday. So literally, I, I, I launched it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I launched it yesterday okay. <laughs> and enrolled, you know, went out to my list. And the first go of it will be on next Thursday. So it'll be six weeks through the holiday. And then it will become my mastermind group. So the people that are in that initial experience will then be able to be part of my mastermind group. And then it will be closed for six months. And then it will be open again in the middle of next year. Okay. All right. Um, only reason why I ask is because when this goes live, we would have likely have um, missed the the first, um, enrollment, but, um, look, um, I'm sure second. the second one, yeah, the second one, um, I'm sure listeners, um, can, uh, definitely, uh, hop on to. So how can the listeners get in touch with you online and, you know, connect if they want more advice from you? Well, the most important place that they go is that my, my website, it's just my name, monikazans.com. And yep. they can find out about what I'm doing through my courses. I have blogs. I have uh, Wake Up with Monica Zance, which is my podcast. So there's lots of different ways to engage. I My intention is I'm a massive service provider. Like I give and I give, I, I said, I've been giving for 20 years. Now it's time for me to actually mm -hmm. receive. So yeah. I'm excited to be launching a lot of new things coming up in 2016. So definitely stay tuned. So my website is a really great place for that. Plus, it's a content factory. I have so many amazing people that I'm meeting constantly. And my goal is to promote the amazingness on the planet so we can all benefit from each other's gifts. 
Um, then you can also find me on Periscope. I'm addicted. I do it two to three times a day. And again, I have any number in the mornings. I do daily inspiration in the evenings. I have specific shows. And then throughout the day, you'll find me doing a promote your scope or a highlight reel. And then you can find me on Facebook. I have a, a public figure page, Monica Zans Consulting, and then Instagram, Twitter, you know, the typical social mm. media channels that people can find me in. Yeah. So um, guys, it's um, Monica with a K. Um, so M-O-N-M-O-N-I-K-A-Z-A-N-D-S, Monica Zans. And that's um, at Monica Zans is her on Periscope. I highly, highly recommend you follow her on there. Um, you know, if you haven't got Periscope, just go on there for her. Don't even go there for me. Just go on there for Monica Zans. <laughs> She's amazing. Um <laughs> And monikazans.com, sign up for a mailing list and, you know, check out um, what she's got going on there. Um, I'm super excited for what's to come uh, for you, Monica. And, um, you know, it was really great to have you on here. So thank you so much for spending your precious time with us on the Giant Thinkers podcast. And I'm sure I speak for everyone that has tuned in that you truly light up the world and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. Thank you. And it takes a mirror to see one. So thank you so much for being that light as well. And for, oh my gosh, you guys, every time I get onto Periscope, I like, oh, Ram's here. And I feel at ease. So thank you for being there. Thank you for being a cheerleader. And thank you for promoting people and their greatness. Well, it's a, it's a great pleasure. Thank you, Monica. And um, we will uh, chat on your next scope. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks. Have a good one. God bless. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed that insightful session with Monika. As you heard, she is truly a wealth of knowledge. And I thank each and every one of you who have been tuning in, not only to these last few episodes, but since the beginning when the first episode with Chris McLean went live on June 2015. I appreciate all of you. The next guest I have lined up for episode 16 is without a doubt the entrepreneur of entrepreneurs. He has graced the covers of Founder Magazine, Lifestyle Business Magazine, and been an author on success.com and entrepreneur.com. He has interviewed the likes of legends who I'm greatly inspired by, and you would have heard me mention them before. They include Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, Deepak Chopra, Gabby Bernstein, Simon Sinek, and many more. His website has had 68 million views worldwide and counting. It will be a monster episode. Now, a quick reminder to please do yourself a favor and check out Blinkist, which, as mentioned earlier, takes the best nonfiction books and distills them into powerful made-for-mobile summaries, essentially giving you and I the main concepts of an entire book in 15 minutes, available to read and also to listen to as audio. Head to giantthinkers.com blink to take up the 30% off discount or at least head over there and take up the free three-day trial, which gives you full access. And if you do use it, let me know how you go, how it impacts you. Send me a tweet or a direct message. Twitter or Instagram is best to reach me. My handle is the giant thinker. Until next time, Giants, remember, as Monika said so powerfully, everything that is coming to you is there to serve you. 